Well, it's really a blessing to be here today. I wish you would turn in your Bible to the book of James. And uh, I want to just give two texts that we'd like to share this morning. James chapter 1, verse 27, and James chapter 5, verse 19 and 20. It's really a blessing and joy to be here. And I appreciate that delicious breakfast. My, that was good. Uh, you guys really are good cooks. I haven't been in a meeting in a long time where the pastor had to tell the men not to work so hard. Uh, isn't that what you were doing? Don't, don't go in there and cook while everybody else is cooking. <laughs> uh, usually, uh, lots of places, uh, the men said, well, say, well, let somebody else do it. But here, every one of you wants to do it. Well, God bless you. I think that's something. All right, James chapter 1 and James chapter 5. Let's have a word of prayer together before we study this. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the privilege of being at this breakfast this morning. We pray, O, bless those men who are serving you overseas, who at one time were part of this fellowship and now are part of the larger worldwide fellowship of this church. We thank you for the mighty missionary ministry that the Little West Fork Baptist Church is involved in, in reaching men for Christ here, helping them to grow in the Lord and get excited about the things of God, and then go to the uttermost parts of the earth, still ablaze for Christ, and take that gospel there. Father, this is an unusual kind of missionary ministry we thank you for what's going on here thank you for this precious beloved pastor I thank you for the honor of being related as well as in the flesh in the spirit to this man of God bless all the men here and open the word to us in Jesus name amen Every morning we've been studying the book of James. The kind of study we'll have this morning is a little bit different. It's textual. We've been just going right through the scripture in an expository fashion. But this morning I want to lay these two verses on your heart with the theme, Why Go? And James 1, verse 27, Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unspotted from the world and in 5 verses 19 and 20 brethren if any of you do err from the truth and one convert him let him know that he who converteth a sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sins over and over again <clears throat> Preachers that believe the Word of God that are in any way in contact with the Holy Spirit will be continually urging the people to go and tell. Now you've heard that a lot of times. If you've been saved very long, you've heard a lot of preachers say, go and tell. Go, go. You've heard your own pastor say, go. Go bring people in. Go bring them in. Many of our songs are written with that theme. Bring them in, bring them in, bring them in from the fields of sin. 
And many of Brother Rogers' songs that God has given his heart are all circled and centered around the Great Commission. We have heard the Great Commission, go and tell, go and tell. And he has a song, go ye, go ye, and so on. Now why is that? Why does James say pure religion and undefiled before the Father is this, that you go and tell, that you go to the fatherless, the widows, that you go and bring them? Why did Jesus say, go ye into all the world and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Why did James close this little book of five chapters by saying, now, now I want you to know, let him know that he that converteth the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sins. Why did Jesus say, as the Father hath sent me, so send I you? Why did the Apostle Paul say, now then we are ambassadors for Christ? As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be you reconciled to God. Why? Because the one compelling theme of the gospel of Jesus Christ is to go. There came a day in heaven when God said, Son, you go. Go down there and tell them how much I love them. They don't know. They're blind leading the blind. I made them to begin with, but they've forgotten. And they're going over the precipice of selfishness. They're going over the precipice of sin. They're going over the precipice into an eternal darkness. Son, you go. And the Son of God left the glory of heaven and came with one purpose. The Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. Why should you and I live godly, holy lives? Why should we arrange ourselves as men for the master and call a pastor and ask that pastor to be our director and to lead us in a great program of world outreach? Why should we have some off limits in our lives and say, these are areas of life that I'm not going to be involved in. And here are some more areas of life that I am going to be involved in. Why should we take seriously what Paul said, I, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Why should men, and almost everybody here is a military man. I sort of checked a while ago. You're either a military man or you're the son of a military man. And you're headed toward military life yourself. Now why should military men be challenged to be somebody for God? Why should military men have as one supreme goal of their lives. Well, you have to pay expenses by drawing a salary from Uncle Sam, but the one big purpose of your life. Oh yeah, I know. You're helping to defend America. 
I know that you're here pouring your life into some principles that are worthwhile living for and dying for if need be. But why should military men who are saved go after other men who are not saved? Why? Just simply, Jesus said so. And I don't know any better reason. The commanding officer said to. Our supreme commander, the captain of our salvation, said that's what it's all about. Men, you're not in the military just to make a way of life. You're not in the military just to pay expenses. God put you here as missionaries. You are men for the master. And God wants us to, to let our lives glow. We're the salt of the earth. We're the light of the world. We're the only salt the world will ever taste. We're the only light the world will ever see. And if we fail, God has no other plan. And I want to lay on our hearts just briefly, and I, would, I could preach till, till noon, but I'm not going to do it because I want us to come back tonight. But I want to lay on our hearts this. There are four reasons why I, why I want to encourage all of us to obey the command and commission of Jesus. Now, you see, the reason we have this prayer breakfast, the reason we have revival meetings, the reason the church has visitation, the reason the pastor urges and, 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 and constrains all of the men to arrange themselves in teams to go out after the lost is first of all because of the mandate because of the mandate Jesus said so go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature as the father sent me so send I you ye are witnesses of these things over and over again Jesus said go that's the mandate of the captain he told us to do it and men, it is extreme insubordination for us to say, I can't do it. You and I have just one big task, and that's to do what the captain says. Otherwise, we're AWOL. And no military man with self-respect wants that to be true in his life. And the one supreme command Jesus gave us was to go I don't have any other plan Tom Harry Joel Bill they're lost they're without hope they're without God they're on their way to an eternal separation from God go and James said pure religion and undefiled is this that you go let him know that he that converteth the sinner from the air of his way shall save a soul from death and hide a multitude of sins and so we're to go because of the mandate. Secondly, we're to go because of the multitude. Somebody told me the other day, there are 100,000 people living in this area. 100,000 people. I don't know how many go to church on any given Sunday. In our area, in Warren County, there are 72,000 people. We've made a survey. Now listen, there are scores of churches in Bowling Green alone, there are nearly 50,000 people. <clears throat> we found that on any given Sunday, about 10,000 go anywhere to Sunday school. That leaves 60,000 people don't go anywhere. 
Out of the 100,000 people that live in this area, how many don't go anywhere to Sunday school? How many are not involved in Bible study? I don't know how many men are out on the post at Fort Campbell. I don't know how many. But how many would you say go anywhere to Bible study or in any way concerned about the Spirit, the, 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 the things of the Spirit? The multitudes are there. The masses are there. And because of the multitudes, I'd like to encourage you to get with your pastor. Get with the men. Form yourselves teams. Be a master's minority. And say, by the grace of God, I'm going to go after lost people. I'm going to do what God wants me to do because the master told me to. Thirdly, why should we go? Not only because of the mandate, not only because of the, of the multitude, but because of the multiplication of our ministry. You want to multiply your ministry? Win somebody to Jesus. Win somebody to Christ. There's no way, there's no end to the way you can reproduce yourself in others. The scripture says in Proverbs 11:30, he that winneth souls is wise. Have you ever wondered, I wish I could have a best friend? You go winning. Win somebody. You win somebody to Christ, that person will love you. They'll be your friend. You see, personal soul winning is frankly the answer to all of our problems. Sometimes in a church, somebody will say, well, I wish I were this or I wish I were that. I can't teach. I don't sing in the choir. And I'm not this and I'm not that. Uh, there's nothing for me to do. I think I'll go try to find some other church where I can really do something. Friend, you can do all you possibly can do right here. You can get involved up to the hilt because the greatest work you can do is not being a deacon. The greatest work you can do is not being a teacher. The greatest work you can do is not singing in the choir, as important as that is. The greatest work you can do is winning somebody else to Jesus Christ. You go pour your life into another man and try to win him and bring him in and watch your life multiply. You win somebody, disciple him, and then together you go out together and win somebody else and you turn that new convert over to this one you've already won and he gets with him and disciples him and then they go out and win somebody and then he turns that one over to that person and pretty soon your life has been multiplied and in just a few months or years you can be a great 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 grandfather spiritually you see that's the way it works <clears throat> Ed Kimball if you're if you're an unusual kind of man you may know who Ed Kimball is some of you know him most people never heard of Ed Kimball. So if you've never heard of him, don't be ashamed of yourself. Most people never have. Ed Kimball was just a common shoe salesman. He didn't do very much. Matter of fact, nobody, there's never been a biography written about him. Nobody knows much about him at all. He just was a, a man that was interested in other men. He taught a Sunday school class of boys in a church in Boston. And there was a boy that came to his class that boy's name was Dwight. And Dwight couldn't read very well. He had dropped out of school when he was about the third or fourth grade. And when he'd say to the boys, turn in your Bible to the book of Genesis, this boy Dwight would look all the way through here, and he'd look over here, and everybody'd laugh at him. 
And when Dwight couldn't take it any longer, he dropped out of Sunday school. This wise Sunday school teacher, Mr. Kimball, didn't wait till Dwight had been out of Sunday school four or five weeks or uh, two or three months. That very next day, he went looking for Dwight. Young Dwight had a, had a job in a shoe shop. And so Mr. Kimball went down to the shoe shop. Now, I want to show you how the devil works. The devil said, now, uh, now, now Ed Kimball, don't go in there. You'll embarrass that boy in front of everybody. Don't go in there. So he went on down the street. And the Lord said, uh, Kimball, you better go back and go in there. And so he came back. And he started to go in. And the devil said, don't go in there. You just make a fool out of yourself and him too. Don't, don't go in there. And so he went on down the street. And the Lord said, you better go in there. So Kimball came back. He went in the shoe store. And he found young Dwight in the back of the shoe store. And Kimball put his hand up on Dwight's shoulder. And he said, I missed you in Sunday school yesterday. And Dwight, I've been concerned about your soul, and I'm sorry I've never talked to you about Jesus. But I want to tell you that Jesus loves you, and he'll save you if you'll trust him. And a tear came in Dwight's eye. And right there in that shoe store, Dwight gave his heart to Jesus. He started coming back to Sunday school. As a matter of fact, he went before the deacons in that church because he had gotten saved and he wanted to join the church. And the deacon said, well, we, it's our custom here for you to give a testimony, Dwight, so you'll have to tell us what Jesus has done for you. And Dwight swallowed real hard. And he was embarrassed, and, and he didn't know how to say anything in public. And, and, and he said, well, uh, uh, um, uh, 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 he's done everything in general, and I can't think of anything in particular. And so the deacon said, well, I'm sorry, you can't join our church because you can't give a good enough testimony. Now, you know who Dwight was? That was Dwight L. Moody who won a million men to Jesus. Nobody's ever heard of Ed Kimball, but Ed Kimball won him to the Lord. Just a common man. And men, you can multiply your ministry. Ed Kimball lived on and on and on. Dwight L. Moody indirectly touched my life. He came to Louisville years ago, and he preached in the Warren Memorial Presbyterian Church, and Finley Gibson went to hear him. And Dwight L. Moody challenged all those men that were there to talk to one soul about Jesus every day. And Finley Gibson accepted that challenge, and one day Finley Gibson came and talked to me. And in that sense, I'm sort of a great-great-grandson of D.L. Moody and of Ed Kimball. You see, you can multiply your ministry if you'll go after men. Win them. And you don't have to be a specialist at it. You just have to have a heart of love, a heart that cares, a heart of compassion. Go and compel them to come in. Why? So your own life can be multiplied. Last of all, I want to encourage you to go because of the millennium. We're not here just for a few days. We're here for all eternity. Oh, we're not going to be right here for all eternity. We're not going to sit at this prayer breakfast. We're not going to be in this church for all eternity. We're not going to be in Fort Camel for all eternity. But you and I were made for eternity. We're going to live on and on and on and on. What a wonderful joy someday in heaven for somebody to come up to you and say, All hail, Ken. All hail, James and John. But for you, my soul to death had been a prey. If it hadn't been for you, John, I wouldn't be here. If it hadn't been for you, I wouldn't be here. It was you that came and cared about me and, and, 
I didn't care about myself. I didn't care about the things of God. But you prayed for me. And you came after me. And you urged me to come. And you got me under the sound of the gospel. And the Holy Spirit began to get my attention. And it was you that drew me to Jesus. And I want to thank you through all eternity. Because of the millennium. Because of the wonderful joys of heaven. I want to encourage you to catch fire. Get a blaze for God. To be the man that God can use. And say, Lord, all on the altar, I put it there. And let him know that he that converteth the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sins. None of us is perfect. We all have spurs that stick out all over our personality. We all have some things in our lives that we would, would, would pray, Oh God, I wish they weren't there. I wish I didn't have problems with these areas of my life. And some of us have things that stick out and, and are not very attractive to other people. But you want to know how to make your life beautiful for others? Pour your life into somebody else, urging them to come to Christ. They'll never notice those things. You'll cover a multitude of sins. You will hide those areas of your life that have been out of culture. And pretty soon, little by little by little, those things that have caused problems in your life will cause fewer and fewer problems. Because instead of concentrating on them and saying, I wish I could take care of this, I wish I could stop this, pretty soon you've so lost your life in the mainstream of the Holy Spirit that all those things seem unimportant to you. And Jesus becomes all in all. And your life takes on a new perspective of power. Well, let's go for Jesus' sake. May we pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity to talk with the men. Thank you for Brother Roger and the compassion and concern he has for men everywhere. And the way you've used him here. Thank you, Lord, for these men who have grouped themselves around their pastor. And have loved him and stood with him and have, have accepted the challenge of Jesus and are going out of this prayer breakfast today to win people to Christ. God grant that we'll go find some today and bring them back to the service tonight and tomorrow that men might know Jesus in Christ's name. Amen. <clears throat>